Hello, this is Welcome to the Club, a Graveyard Club podcast. Every few weeks we get together and talk about life, the band, share some behind-the-scenes stories and insights, and answer your questions. My name is Matt. I sing the keys and play the voice. <laughs> My name is Mike. I sing the guitar. <laughs> My name is Corey, and I hit those drums. I'm Amanda, your host. I also play bass, and you heard it, sing. So we are recording this podcast all in a room in person for the first time since we've begun podcasting. There is Whoa. spit particles flying everywhere in this room right now we're all deeply vaccinated though at this point we're also soaked with spit particles we all got several doses of the vaccine (laughs) we went back with fake mustaches and glasses some of our mustaches were real mike just showed him a picture of his his fat app but just held it over his face and it worked i'm gonna need more from that so if any of you guys have used the old person app uh, they apparently have a filter that makes you, I think they call it like wide, because I think they're trying to be PC about <laughs> oh fatness. And I applied it to myself, but I did it like four times, like fat picture over fat picture over fat picture. And it made me look like uh, Peter Griffin in real life. It looks exactly like a real life Peter Griffin. It's chilling. I think it looks nice. Yeah, I feel like that reminds me of one of the tours we took. We discovered the old app. Was it the same app, but just the old filter? Yep. And we, some, like, I feel like most people were laughing about it, and it deeply, like, I got quiet in the van for like six hours, and I thought about like just mortality. But the it, funny thing is, you said that you looked like Gollum. Yeah. And I yeah. think you looked like Gandalf in a good way. You looked like a sexy yeah, wizard. Stately. It yeah. was like a good look. I looked. I, I had like a I nice gray beard. I was like, I look good old. Corey I'm fine with this. Good. Mike looked a little not. I looked like a little rough. I looked like Hawkeye from Mash now, like Alan Alda. I think Patrick told me that once, and it was like disturbingly accurate. <laughs> it's haunted me ever since. I'll have to Google that. I think we should probably get started with our first segment. Let's go on into Corey's corner. Corey, you got any reviews this time? Oh yeah. We are riddled with reviews. Three. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all from a long time ago. I feel like some of these are from when we failed a podcast. Yeah, a a podcast that never saw the light of day. This is, FYI, this is mostly um, the things we had talked about on that podcast. All the good gems we're going to try to rehash again today. Um, So this one, the title of it is 99 out of 100. It appears to be five stars, but I think that the last 1% sliver of the star you can't see is just the tips of the... (laughs) There's one pixel that's not darkened. It said, could have used the stage better. (laughs) Yes, that is... uh, I think that's my buddy, Jim Cheetah. It's Jim Cheetah. And uh, that's a throwback to... We lived together uh, for a while in, in college... And there was a show, like, on during the day, we'd, like, sometimes just have on. And it was, like, kids' talent show. And it was, we just thought it was so funny because the judges would never, because they didn't want to, like, break the kids' hearts Mm -hmm. by being, like, you got one out of five stars. They would never, I don't think any performer ever got lower than, like, a 9.5. So the score would just be, like, just fractions and decimals. And the critique would always be, like, you could have used the stage better. 9.89 and then they'd still lose like someone would get a 10 uh so that's a good that's a deep cut jim hi jim i feel like we've actually probably been criticized for that before too in real life yeah i feel like bobby our manager said that like you could use a stage better like we don't we don't move very much there's times that i do do move 
It's like it's correlated to how how many beers I've had before the show. Also, how many people are there watching? Yeah, I, mean, I feel like the less people, the more the less likely you are to move around. Oh yeah, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like that ice house show that we. Wait, filmed. the more people, the less likely. The or more the... people, the more likely. The less people, the less likely. Yeah, because right. right, right. Like recording that ice house show, I felt like it was a great success, but it was also like. We didn't get into it maybe as much as we would with a real crowd. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, well, right. that's just like a guy big, behind a camera. Crowd feedback is definitely yeah, a different. big deal. I remember once my roommate, like in the very early days of either our last band or the early days of Graveyard Club, a roommate of mine at the time was like, "Yeah, you guys are really good. I feel like you should work on eye contact with the audience." Oh my God. And I was like, "I think you're just trying to say like be more engaging, but like." It's such a specific note that it's like yeah. just staring somebody down in the Eye crowd. Eye contact? That gives me the chills. What? <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. What if I'll I just contact in the general direction of the crowd, but I'm not going to look at anybody's eyes. What if you just picked one person in the crowd just and just one? stared uh, at them and never broke eye contact for the like whole show? Whenever I that feel happens, very uncomfortable. you just got to immediately look away. I can barely play my instrument right when I'm looking at my fingers, let alone when I'm locking eyes with somebody in front of me in the crowd. I feel like that's just because we're great apes. Apes don't like making <laughs> You if you're ever in the jungle, here's a good like pro tip. If you're ever in the jungle and you run into a silverback gorilla, do not make eye contact because oh, they will they will you. kill you. That's a yeah. challenge. They don't like it. You're challenging them. But you, you know, look, you gotta look away like you're being timid. I saw yeah. a video about a mountain lion like following some guy. Did you see that video? He was like, yeah. he was jogging and like that. You can't break eye contact because that's when it pounces. That's when they run at you. So he like had to They're look at up. it and he backed up for miles and he, and he was like trying to turn to get a rock, but he couldn't because that's when it would charge. Miles. So it's like there's all sorts wow. of eye rules in nature. Look, don't look. One eye on, one eye off. You gotta run. Study. Don't run. <laughs> you gotta study. <laughs> really do a ball. Oh, all right. Wow. Moving on. I think it's probably time for Wait, the second review of Corey's Corner. It's going to be a long podcast. Each review is its own segment. <clears throat> that would be fine. see each other. Okay. This one's titled Love It. Five stars. Why not? Of course, course it is. We haven't got any non-five stars. Aww. Does that like mean... we threatened them the first time. Yeah, We're being placated. Okay. Discovered this group from one of their songs being featured on the Welcome to Night Vale podcast. And have been driving my partner crazy with nonstop listening since finding them on Spotify. I was excited to find this podcast where you really get to know the members and feel like you were right there with them hanging out. Keep up the great work, guys, and hope to see you perform sometime in the future. Thanks for the nice Thank review. You. Yeah, I would advise you to ditch that partner because sounds like they don't really care for uh-huh. our band. That feels like such karma because I have definitely annoyed my partner by listening to podcasts twenty four seven when I walk around our house. And now I'm allowing somebody else to pass that along. Yeah, there's definitely times around our house where there's like, we're both just blaring podcasts as we like cross rooms. We've, <laughs> Nobody we've can been hear both listening other. to the same episode of Conan O'Brien in different rooms at different timestamps. But it's just slightly outrageous. off. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds we, maddening. We want to do it on our own schedules. <laughs> All right, Corey, what's the third? Okay. This one is titled not what i expected oh, I five stars one. banksy's dog that's the name of the person mm. that's not the review mm-hmm. got it okay thanks for clarifying not what i expected i was looking for a podcast for my graveyarding hobby they won't <laughs> stop talking about their band which is fun i guess <laughs> i enjoy how they managed to solve their problems using friendship and hope 
that keeps them going through such tough times. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> Wait, Shrek? Wow. Yeah. yeah. This is, this, uh, yeah, this individual has got some funny uh, comments and a few of our stuff I've noticed. Wow. Do we know who yeah, this person is? Good. I think he, I, I think it's a he. I, maybe I'm wrong. Sorry. We I found am. them on Instagram, didn't we? They have some local? mutual friends with us. Is it? Oh, I better know who it is. We're Minneapolis guy? If I saw, if I saw them, I'd probably know who it is. This has been Corey's Corner. Let's move on to our next segment. <laughs> What's new with you, buddy? Amanda, what's new with you? Well, I know you've been waiting on the edge of your seats. How tall are the seedlings? Are you hardening them off yet? How is the watering going? Uh, really, though, that is what's new, and it's all those things. Um, I learned that there's a lot of stuff you can plant earlier, and I didn't. So I've been taking notes in a really big old spreadsheet. Like a big old nerd. You, your form of fun is like, I'm going to <laughs> fixate and obsess and organize and make this into a job. And I don't say that judgmentally. It's like yeah. the I, way I'm that you... I'm a maximizer. You, yeah. You like to structure your fun intensively. What it's are the just, variables on the spreadsheet? Like, what are you tracking? Height? So, it's like planting dates mostly because like, it's good to start stuff indoor. I start seeds indoors, it's under lights. And it's good to start them like a certain number of weeks before the last frost. But like mixed in with that is also like how tall is it going to get? Like I have sunflowers that keep burning themselves on the lights right now. They crisp up every few days like the tallest <laughs> ones. <laughs> um, so like those I probably could have started later. So like I write that down. Or like other stuff I started at the same time but it grows so slow that I actually could have started like two months earlier. So it's stuff like that. And I also – the main reason is because I started so many seeds that – I realized like we don't necessarily have space in our garden for all this, so I had to like kind of, I drew like some maps and like, yeah, trying planning out some layout ideas as well. It looks like going outside soon. Uh, I hardened off. I started hardening off some stuff. What does that mean again? So like when you have stuff inside, um, even the best grow light is like way weaker than the sun. So if you just throw your seedlings in the ground right from there, they'll get like sunburned. Um, so you gotta like put them outside for like a few hours and a few hours more and so on and cloudy days are really good they can help you expedite that process so I did that with like some stuff that really likes cool temps and probably plant those like I don't know a few days from now if I can keep hardening them off nice yeah how about you Mike um what's new with me this is the segment that none of us ever prepare for except for Amanda I feel like I'm not prepared I'm just excited yeah um not a whole lot just working. I think we say that a lot. That's working. it. Just working. Um, Wake up, go to work, go to sleep, go to work, wash your hands, wash your hands, go to work, eat dinner, go to sleep. That's sounds like my pretty much pretty much it. Somebody should put a beat to that. All right, we're just saving, <laughs> we're just saving space for it right there. Someone's gonna do it and put it in. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's all that's new with me. I haven't thinking ahead to like. I was just saying to you, Amanda, like, I need a goal to, like, when I drive to work in the morning, I have such energy, like, that feeling of, like, okay, I'm no longer tired from just waking up. I'm, like, refreshed. I showered. I'm, like, up and going. I had, like, my caffeine or whatever. And my brain is alive. And then, like, I have all these creative thoughts, but I don't ever, like, get to take those creative thoughts and, like, very often channel them into creative actions mm -hmm. because, like... I'm putting all of that energy into my work day and then by the time I'm done with that work day I don't have a whole lot left in the tank and I'm always messing around like 
almost like meditatively on guitar, like going down to our practice space, which is in the basin of Amanda, my house. And it's like, I'm screwing around with pedals or just like making noises or just zoning out and noodling around, but I don't do anything like productive. So I was like talking about like, I need to be like purposeful and like make like almost like a work schedule for myself in the summer. Kind of like we just said, you like really do a nice job of sort of structuring your hobbies to make them like work, but in a good way. Like, I feel like I need to do that. Just like write an EP of original, like ambient instrumental stuff. Mm. No, no, no. This is not a plug for like promoting it. Cause it's not something that I'd even make like publicly. It's just like, I just want to make a, project for myself to feel like I put my creative energy into something a little bit more intentional than just like yeah. screwing around but you're just talking That's about like when you're done with school for the year for so a summer break I feel like yeah. I have a lot of time and that's a great it's a, it's a hard balance because it's like oh it's beautiful outside I gotta get out I'm not gonna like go hole up in the basement and write a bunch of like sad slow yeah, core songs right dark down there but like if I was like okay from like 10 to noon every day I'm just gonna go like record like a song I feel like it would be a way to like not make myself just be this like weird mess of. Yeah. You know what you could do is once your all your stuff is planted outside, move all your grow lights down into the rehearsal space. So then oh. when Mike's down there working on his tunes, he's, he's blasting. Can, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how tall he'd be? Can you imagine how powerful he'd become yeah. throughout the summer? That reminds me of when like my grandpa passed away years ago. We like were cleaning out his apartment and found he was like a really great artist. And he had like a, a daily schedule, like eight to ten he did sculpture, and like ten so to cool. noon he'd do oil painting. Is this like, your grandpa William? From yeah, the it is William. song William. Yeah. Uh, so he did the same thing. Where I I think there's some. Uh, it's nice to give yourself some sort of structure. I'm the same way. Where like yes. I'm left to my own devices, even though I'm full of like that those same energies. It's like you just kind of fritter away the day doing odds and ends it's hard to focus so do you cool. tend to fall into a schedule on your summer breaks Matt I I on my good days yeah I think when there's anchor points when I'm like I have yeah. have to mow the lawn I have to do this like household task I have to go to the like yard waste site by 3 p.m. or like whatever then I can fit in my other things but when it's a day full of no yes. anchor points I feel like I right it's tough but my secret move i work like sort of part-time lately it's been extremely full-time but um when i have a lot of time i i will like schedule something for 1 p.m because that's like you can get a lot done before then and you can get a few more things done after then yeah it's yeah. a good time it's a good time for me that brought up a question i'm like are you a morning shower person before work yeah because i feel like if i don't do that i'm not fully awake all the way i can see that i haven't taken a shower before work in Eight years. Although that's can't not do true. I wake up better. I take it back because I usually run after work, so then I'll have to shower after that. So mm. it kind of depends on if I've been in like a good swing of exercise or not. Yeah. So you shower at night? Yeah. Every couple, every fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> Corey? What's new with you? Corey, Corey works with his hands, so he. No, I only want to know what your shower is. Oh. So I almost showered. never shower in the morning. Yeah. You just bathe in buttermilk? Yeah. Buttermilk. We always keep the tub filled with buttermilk. <laughs> there's like fried chi- there's like chicken floating in it, marinating for that. Ew. <laughs> I well, I, yeah, I think that like I got into that habit because of just like doing construction work and yeah. stuff where it's like 
you just do that all day and you're like sweaty and dirty and you just want to shower you don't want to like jump into bed and it doesn't make it makes zero sense to shower in the morning because you're just going to like become dirty during the day yeah. but we've been on tour with you guys i feel like amanda they, and i don't I, think they shower we, we shower way more than At matt all. and Corey. yeah yeah when yeah, i'm on the road like i shower very the little dirt boys yeah it's really considerate <laughs> like if yeah, i do like a weekend so. like a weekend out of town I, it's like hilarious i'll like pack a bag with like <laughs> two shirts and like some extra stuff and like a couple pairs of undies and like every time I'm like never undies. used any of that clothes. It's you just, just like, wear the same. Oh man, I, I just like... wear, I basically wear the same clothes the entire time and don't shower. If I'm I out of time for a long weekend, like loading your bag like in the van nights? a couple times and it was yeah. wet every time I loaded. Like you just, uh, I envision your backpack just always Wait, being damp. Was it wet? What? I don't know. Sorry, I feel like black you, mold. I feel like <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've known you for like what is it like seven years? And I say you also have had seven shirts in that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you got your favorite really laundry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay, Matt, did you have anything to add for what's new with you? What's new with me? Um, yeah, I recently have had this weird fixation on rewatching all my favorite Nickelodeon shows from the oh, 90s. Oh, I do that like every four years. Oh, it's felt so. Pete and Pete, salute your shorts. Are you afraid of the dark? I've been going nice. through, and like most of them, you can only find on like. Uh, Daily Motion, which I don't even know what Daily Motion is, but they have old shows, except like they're flipped. Like I think they're trying to avoid like copyright law, oh. so they flip it. And sometimes like the hiss of the VHS they ripped it from is like louder than the dialogue. Like for instance, it's like a mirror image, so the words are backwards, and I think that somehow evades like any scanner to be like, oh, this is copyrighted material. I don't know. I think it does. But Wait, I've been what watching. Do you mean the words are backwards. Like because it's a mirror image. Yeah, so like it's like captions. You ever play Mario Kart and you do like a, but I thought you meant like the oh. voices were like I was like so you're telling me you're watching this from like back to front and you're fine with that. No, the voices are mirror images it's of worth themselves. It. I gotta get that Pete and Pete hit, even if it's completely yeah. backwards. I like it better backwards. Actually, I finally understood the episode. It's just Satan. It's just like go wash up, aha. It's like Jabba the Hutt speaking. Wow. I feel like that was the quintessential Matt answer, though. Like, just I'm nostalgically watching Nickelodeon yeah. from my youth. It's I, made me feel good. It's good for my heart. Yes, I've found. I like to do that, but I maybe this is our age difference or my childlike mind, but mine is like, "Hey Arnold." Oh, I love "Hey Arnold." <laughs> I love the cartoons. Yeah. I know, this one old, was a good show. I feel like it was ahead of its time. Yeah, those old Nickelodeon tunes are good. I feel like yeah. they hold up. Like watching them, I don't feel like Ren and Stimpy. You've yeah. talked about Ren and Stimpy it's on so this podcast before. I love it. This yeah. has come up on this podcast. Also, Amanda, you know what I'm going to say right now, right? That Corey said Nickelodeon tunes. No, that I didn't oh. have cable growing up. Oh, classic. No, it just like I just, just had to churn butter. For every time somebody's talking about <laughs> the like Pete or like <laughs> Cat Dog or something like that, I just feel left yeah. out and bitter. I'm sorry. So what didn't you say your like grandma had or something? Like yeah, my grandma, like what, your grandma, my we would like see music videos at my grandma's house. Like that's where we found out what was cool. Like who finds out what's cool when they go to visit their grandma? <laughs> Talking to you, mom. Here's what was cool at my grandma's house. She had one of those shelves that's an old typewriter drawer, and you set it on its side, and you put tiny items on each one, yes. and we'd rearrange them. That was what was cool. Nice. Why didn't you have cable? You just did, parents just didn't want it. Ask didn't Deb love you Levitch. They didn't want their children to have rotten minds. We got we got cable when I was in high school finally, and it was like early two thousands, and that was the era of like scrambled. I porno. have 
No. <laughs> it was the era of like music was really bad. Like Limb Biscuit, boy bands, and it was like rap rock, boy bands, and like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera kind of stuff. And I was already like into punk music and like alternative stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I was they had like, some 41 though. That's so. Blink 182. Yeah. All those hard punk bands. But I was like, I, I've been totally like. Um, missing out on MTV for so long that like I owe it to myself to just sit here and watch it. So I was just like watching stuff that I didn't even like because it was like a matter of you had principle. to catch up. Yeah. To, like... <laughs> yeah. Now we can oh, talk about conversations. Yeah. It's like watching like Nookie by Limp Biscuit and being like, all right, I'll try to stomach this. Yeah. Nice. So anyway, Corey, what's new with you, buddy? And please don't talk about your showering habits. Number one, they're disgusting. Number two, we already heard them. Also, they're not new because I've been doing the same habits for That's years. True. That's true. Uh, I don't know. It's not much. I feel I like need... I str- struggle this with, with this one every every week. But find any bats on your inspections lately? No bats. Oh, this is kind of something new. So, where we used to practice in the duplex, which I think we've also talked about this on the podcast mm-hmm. before. Um, this is another funny thing too because when I was down there so I'm now like cleaning that space out because our friend Patrick is living there and we're gonna like or he's gonna he's in a band and he's gonna set up down there like to play in his band we're also kind of setting it up as just like a fun hang space um but the other day we were down there cleaning stuff out and like doing some other work and like moving stuff around and I found another box full of t-shirts and like 200 cds from a, like cellar door <laughs> CDs that I think we maybe thought we were out of, or maybe we, we didn't. We thought we were out of the t-shirts. The okay. t-shirts we did. We our, had like reordered them. Our headstone design t-shirt that we were like, yeah. wow, fans really a like those. Box, full box. Too bad box. they're sold out. People can't buy them. And so we ordered more like a year or two later, only to find out there had been plenty yeah, so lying around. Merch plug. If anybody wants to order some headstone t-shirts, we have plenty. We yeah, We're covered them. in spider eggs, but have we, they are. No. Have we updated the van camp since this revelation? Probably not. I'm sure not. Probably should. I'll do that between now. So as the listener is hearing this, they are on Bandcamp. If I say it now, it'll become true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to set an alarm. Right. Um, but we've been, so we've been like resetting up that little studio space down there, which has sort of been a little bit kind of fun. There's a, a small bathroom down there that just has a toilet that I like never fixed for the entire seven years that I was there. And then <laughs> today I just did it. I bought a toilet and swapped it out in like an hour. So now there's a toilet in the basement. Sweet. And then Patrick and I, Patrick found like some dude that lives over in the like Schmidt artist lofts that had a bunch of these like four by four sound panels that he was selling mm. that he got like a, from a call center at some point, but he was like using them for, or was going to use them for like a studio, like a recording studio or something and just never ended up doing it. So we like drove over to St. Paul today and like bought like seven of those and shoved them in his car and brought them back over there to like put on the walls and stuff. Nice. So sweet. Very cool. Yeah. So I don't know. Just been doing that, doing some other little house projects. Very nice. Well, we can move on to our next segment. Media Nest. Matt, I feel like you already gave us uh, quite a nice little story there about the old Nickelodeon. Any other media for you? Yes. Thank you. Um, home. <laughs> I'd like to talk about a Boundary Waters podcast. Um, <laughs> no, but I have... It's a band I, I've loved for a very long time, but I've been reignited by 
one of my Nicktoons, Pete and Pete, the band Magnetic Fields. Mm. I love them. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved them, but now I'm just like, I'm on a kick again. So my music media, Get Lost by Magnetic Fields. Do you Good. have any of them on vinyl? I know no. you've, you've debated. Wait, no, that's not true. I have uh, I have their first record, but there's a lot I don't have. The problem with Magnetic Fields, though, a couple of their best records are like three or four They're discs, long. Like 69 Love Songs, 50 Song Memoir is many vinyls. It's hard to find. I So I think everybody must have, if you're like a music nerd, you still have those bands you're like, for whatever reason... That band never quite got on my radar. That's one of those bands for me. Like I'm aware of them, and I've heard like a few tracks, and I know like kind of like yeah, super low singer. And I'm like, I probably should like that band. Not like I should, but like I probably would like that band. But they're one of those that like just never quite crossed paths with like their tunes in a way that like I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where it's like there's no reason you don't listen to them, and you're like. Every indicator tells me I should be you a fan of them. You only have a certain amount of bandwidth. 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 I like that. That's genius. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I feel um, like... But yeah, you were maxed out when somebody first mentioned them. You were already, you were already listening to a lot of other bands at that time. Yeah. There's just, yeah, you got yeah, a capacity. It's yeah. kind of how I feel. Or, yeah, there's bands that are like the three of, the three of you like. And I also am like, that's a good band, but I just don't listen to them. What are like those Fleet bands, Foxes. you guys? Oh, I was just going to ask. Like, What oh, are the bands that man. like two or three of us like, but one of them's the odd man out? I wouldn't say I don't like them, but I'm just like not Fleet engaged Foxes? in them. Yeah. yeah. I got That's, in so deep. Yeah, I love the Fleet Foxes, but I get it where it's like, you could be like, yeah, they're good, but it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I, it's not even not my thing, though, because I like... I like the songs. I'm just for some reason I just never. There's also a thing, and I don't know if this is true for you with Fleet Foxes, but for me it's like, if I've missed the window of like, maybe not the window, it's like the timing has to be right. So it's like, God, they have so many albums, and I don't have time to just get into it. Yeah. Not even. I just mean in general though. Like, yeah, Fleet Foxes just released a new one which I really liked. Mm -hmm. Um, I've liked everything they've done. But, like, that feeling of, like, I don't know where to be. Like, I've been really into Yola Tango lately. Yeah. And they're, like, indie, like, uh, powerhouse in terms of, like, their longevity. Right. Isn't that, like, 89 or 90 was yeah. their first record or something? They're, like, a mix of million genres. And I just kept finding them creep into, like, different, like, you know, playlists. And I was, like, every time they come on, I'm, like, super vibe into that. And so I finally, like, made the commitment to be, like, I got to, like, listen to their music and like buy some of their stuff and it's like up until that point it's just been too daunting where they have like that cult status and a million records and it's like i don't know if i belong in this little yeah. click but it's mostly just like i don't know you just gotta be in the right headspace to like tackle it i mean i'm talking as like a super music nerd too i think other people are just like what are you talking about just like put the song you like on a playlist yeah but, i get what um, you mean though like they have a library where you're like where do you start yeah where, you know other bands have like one record it's easier to jump in but I still kind of feel that way about Sonic Youth, which I often credit as like a really influential artist for me, but they just have a pretty big catalog and it's also yeah. different. Mm-hmm. But I know, I don't know, probably like 10 hits that I know that I love. And then there's probably like 30 songs that I barely know. And then the rest is somewhere in the middle. Right. And you compare it to like 
oh, like Radiohead's got like eight albums and I know them all intimately, but I grew up with each one of them and I remember each of them being released and none of that is like daunting because I was like yeah. obsessing right. over, was over it in real time yeah. versus like if you're like some like 19 year old right now that's like, I guess I should check out Radiohead oh, and be like, be hard. where do you start? Because they're all different. Especially if you've never heard like weird time signatures or chords or something. Like, ooh, let me pick which challenging album of the eight to dive into first. <laughs> anyway. Okay, Matt and Mike, you're done. Corey? <laughs> <laughs> no more interjecting into um, Wait, do I, you have any answers to that question, especially that concerns you, like bands that we all like but you don't, or oh, or the other way you're I feel like I team? I feel like I probably out of everybody here, I'm the one that like cares the least about music. Like, especially like recently, <laughs> That's like true. It could be me, I think, too. You're the least nerdy about it. I like, I don't know, like, Flea Foxes. It's like, there's some good tunes. I feel like early 2000s indie music, I, like, don't really care for it. Mm -hmm. There's, like, a lot of bands that I feel like Matt and Mike both really like, where I'm just like, I don't really, I don't really love that, like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Like, that early 2000s, like, indie music sort of vibe stuff. I'm just, like, not into it. Yeah. Or late, so, late 2000. Like 2005, 2010-ish? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, there was like, indie was huge then, and yeah. I feel like some of it has, there's like a little bit of a weird stigma to like, all right, it got a little oversaturated. Like there's mm -hmm. certain bands that I used to love, like Local Natives, for instance. Yeah. That I, like right now, it's like, I would be fine if I never ever listened to Local Natives. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think that's natural, and that's where it's like, it's suffering from the wrong amount of recency it's like it's not recent enough to feel like fresh and it's not old enough yeah. to feel nostalgic that's i was just gonna tie this to fashion for the same reason it's like there's nothing wrong with like flared jeans mm -hmm. maybe even flared low-rise jeans but as i've mentioned i think on this podcast it just takes you to time and you're just like i can't be in that time anymore yeah. at times i'm yeah. done i'm maxed out yeah i think that's true where it takes you to a time where part of the it was like it was a great year for indie mm -hmm. and it also was like we were maybe like sophomores in college yeah. i don't remember it was a but bad it was like, year for me <laughs> <laughs> right it was like that time where it's like you just have all this time to go on like napster or limewire and just mm -hmm. be like and devour so much music where it's like i loved so many of those bands and I, a lot of it still holds up but it's like we like yeah i wonder if i was in if i was that age today it's like what would i gravitate towards well yeah. i think too though like I, I stand by a lot of it and there's definitely pieces where I'm like no that one doesn't hold up as much but I talked about this with you guys before I don't think on the podcast but to me it's like every like kind of wave of music trends have like their sort of like beacons of like we set the trend and then you've got the copycats yeah, and the copycats sure. kind of poison the yes. well so it's like we talked about this with Mumford and Sons that's my exact example and like you might love or hate Mumford and Sons but to me like Bands like Fleet Foxes that were very, very folky, or like Grizzly Bear, they were doing a new thing at that time in indie. And then you had the more commercial versions come along that were more radio friendly and that like the masses could like get with. And it kind of started to like oversaturate. And it's like now you associate all those bands together. Same with like Grunge. Oh, or Lumineers. Yeah, like that comes out and it's like... We're just trying to like capitalize, like copycat. But then, right. they, but then they like the, shine like, it up just stuff. so and like eliminate like most of the chords and notes. 
Yeah, and just then like, it's and, ready for radio. And it's a little simpler and a little shorter and more chorus. And then they have like a lot of, hey! More chorus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could say the same thing about our genre of like, you know, whether, whether or not you want to call it synth pop, whatever. But like, 80s revival is not like some profoundly ingenious thing we came up with. Like, we're not specifically trying to just like be in this little tiny little pigeonhole thing of 80s synth pop. But there's versions of that that I think felt like really fresh and new when that was first coming back into the indie mix. And there's yeah. versions of that that feel like, wow, this is like getting really recycled now. And obviously we're not trying to recycle that. We're trying to like keep our own spin on it and hopefully we're doing that. But you know, like even back to the nineties with like Pearl Jam and grunge, it's like nobody really sounded like Pearl Jam at that time. And Eddie Vedder's vocal affectations have become like a meme because of how specific they are that like now it sounds like creed and all these other crappy <laughs> butt rock bands but like i also have that kind sad of sad lineage that is yeah and it's like whether you like them or not it's like one of those bands was way more original than the other but like you lump right. them together in hindsight because they just yeah for whatever reason ended up sounding like listeners i just want to let you know that we did take a little break before this and during that break mike said let's try to keep it short on media <laughs> yeah, just, just get off i'm gonna leave now I, I haven't been listening to a lot of media i guess i've been watching gardner youtubers but i've been having an ear a big old ear problem where i hear pitches incorrectly and music sounds like it's coming from the belly of hell yeah it's, it's really scary and all, like all, it's like i think it's that one one of my ears is hearing pitches differently than the other um and it's just really tricky yeah, listening to music for you i think is like not a yeah. option right now this has happened to me i think two to three other times in my life and it's always been spring or fall so i've thought that it was allergy related and th- it's always cleared up pretty quickly like within a week or a few days even I'll just like add a little flow naze into my regular mix and then it's gone but this time it's been like I think around week six or seven right now so I went to an ear nose throat doctor and she was kind of like I don't know you aced the hearing test and I was like but did you give me the pitch test because that wouldn't have gone well so anyway I'm hoping that that goes away sometime because I can't even like music on a show or a podcast or something is kind of like you just can't, it's like a car accident you can't look away from. It's like, my God, what is that pile of mess? So, yeah. sorry that was a downer, but I don't have anything it to is add. The worst, yeah, as a vocalist to like have that ear problem. But they, on the sort of silver lining, I feel like you had you had it for a little bit, then it went away. It has been a little intermittent, yes. And then we finished all the tracking That's for the next true. record, and then it came back. So you had like a That's window true. of of time to like finish recording at least and yeah and it does kind of vary like throughout the day even i made this little thing on GarageBand because like the freaking ear doctor didn't have any sort of test for this but so like i have i have different notes on GarageBand, and it's like i pan it to left or right so i can hear what something sounds like in my left ear versus my right ear and it does sound pretty different but i usually give myself that little test example like once or twice a day and it's it's usually pretty different do you ever get vertigo or dizzy? Like, is no, it? Okay. they asked me about that too. It's just like, I don't have any other weird symptoms. Everything looks fine, except music doesn't really work right now. It's been especially hard for virtual lessons, which I still have some of my students on virtual lessons because I'm like really reliant on my ear for that because like the picture quality is terrible. So I'm not like looking at their hands actually to see what notes they're playing. I'm a piano teacher. Um, 
but yeah, it's like, <laughs> can't, can't tell if you're playing the right notes. Hopefully. I think it sounds okay. Anyway. Yeah, it seems maddening. I hope it clears right up. They did give me a device called the Auto Vent. <laughs> O-T-O Vent. And it's a little piece of plastic connected to a balloon. And you blow into the plastic with your nose to inflate the balloon. And then you, like, swallow while it's deflating into your nasal cavity. And it's like the air has nowhere to go except your eustachian tubes. And it's supposed to pop your ears for you. And I'm supposed to use it, like, several times a day. So hopefully that does technology. something. Yeah, serious technology. Let's move along to our next segment. Story time. wanted to bring you a very special story from i would say about mid-pandemic yeah yep so i think to set the stage for this um we had been offered with our manager a show in a small little he uh, said with our manager like he was the opener (laughs) (laughs) our manager was gonna open with a uh, motivational speech about how to manage he bands. He was going to play Wonderwall. <laughs> I was going to say he was going to do like a mime bit. <laughs> Matt, what was your joke for that one? <laughs> I, uh, I like the Wonderwall joke. I'll take that as my... <laughs> so, yeah, he, he had aligned this show for us um, with this small town like three hours out of this uh, out of Minneapolis and um, it was originally supposed to be at this nice theater it had been booked like a year in advance or something yeah it was funded through like an artist grant i think and we had a contract already and it was um already all set up and then so we the, should interject like at this point we've played nothing it's like pandemic no 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 no. so at that point when it was the theater we were just like cool in the whatever month was it away. pre-pandemic we yeah had, yeah when we, we booked, booked it. it oh really we booked it to play like it at was a theater really different conception yeah, all was, parties like, involved. and yeah. they could offer us Right, they offered us a really nice amount of money because like, they had some artist grant. And so we're like, yeah, that sounds nice. We'll, we'll do it. We don't really know. It's a small town. You never know what you're getting into, but like, it should be fun. And yeah. they were generous with the pay. And it would be like a nice excuse to get out of town. And then the pandemic hit, and it was kind of like, oh, well, obviously that won't be happening anymore. We can't like play in a theater. And the organizers were like, well, we could do it at the fairgrounds if you guys still want to play, we'll just do it outdoors. We'll get a stage set up. We'll do like this like Halloween event where people just drive up and do like a outdoor Halloween kind of trick or treat for families kind of a thing. And we're like, uh, why not? You know, it's already like arranged. Yeah, at that like, point, we hadn't played a show in, yeah, what, six, eight months. Yeah. And we were basically just like, whatever, who cares? Let's do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, <laughs> we knew it was going to be outside because it was at the fairgrounds and like October late October in Minnesota is like winter like but we left the Twin Cities as to drive and it was like 60 yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was like 60 degrees and sunny when we left here yeah that is true and so then all of a sudden the, the skies turned gray <laughs> and the winds picked up and we got there and it was like a wintry scene just bleak and cold and it we was 25 up. degrees Fahrenheit. It was snowing from It was the like the Wizard of Oz, except it turned into black and white as we rolled <laughs> yeah, into this it town. Yeah, it was. The stage was... Describe the stage for us, guys. This, uh, last time we tried to record this, we didn't use it 
but I described the stage, and I feel like this is really accurate, as a semi that just got done delivering rutabagas to Cub Foods. <laughs> it was, it was like, like a holiday metal, holiday rusted knowledge. metal semi trailer. It was, yeah, just it, was like, oh it was an open. It was, so it was like a, it was like a semi trailer, like a fifty-two footer. That just like one of the sides had like a tarp on it that was just like rolled up. So it was like open on the side. And I remember like <clears throat> Mike and Amanda. We got there first. Drove together. And then Matt and I drove together. And you guys got there. And we I got there like, and we were like. I got there. No, I want to tell this. I know what you're going to say. Because I know. Like there's like certain roles you fall into like knowing your buddies on the road. Yeah. And I got there and I was just like. Maddie is not gonna like this. <laughs> we were already <laughs> like, planning like how to like gonna, get Matt's mood up. He's gonna have a hard time. So I was just like doing all this like pre like damage control. Like how can we break it to him gently? <laughs> but for me it was like sometimes you you go to a show and it's like when it's you know below expectations. Sometimes it's really frustrating and depressing. You get a little bit like God. Well, like why are we wasting our time with this or that? This one was like the weather was so bad and the scene was so bleak that it was like I was immediately appreciating the humor in it like yeah. i skipped straight ahead to like the, the hindsight <laughs> yeah. of like this is hilarious yeah, it was so bad it was good or something yeah. yeah yeah so i feel like we rolled up and i think Corey already had a text or two and he knew he was, yeah like, i had seen it and like mike like and, there's some text from mike where he was just like oh my god i can't like, believe that. Up. and i saw that i looked at the stage and like as i looked at the stage every like the Mike, Amanda, Corey, like Bobby, <laughs> Meredith, everyone's looking at me. Like they knew how I would, Mac, uh, like Mac how my okay. emotion would hit. And I was like, I mean, I eventually got to where Mike was, where we were just like, let's laugh about this. But so we're sound checking then, and it's so cold already. It's not even sundown yet, and it's so cold. Oh. And there's heat lamps all over the stage, and none of them are working. And the organizer's like, I'll, oh, you know, we'll work on it. My husband will come and he'll fix them. And like, we're just freezing. These are my husband's personal heat lamps. <laughs> That's kind of what the deal was, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was really like pulled together. And Amanda had lost some gloves that she had just purchased oh at a store God. on the way we'd, there. Yeah, we couldn't find them anywhere already. Lost them. We had stopped at a Walmart because that's like the only place to go. And I specifically wanted those gloves that are you can flip the thing down and then they're fingerless gloves because, because I thought that'd be perfect because I have to play bass, right. but I want to be warm. So yes. And I so. felt like I really deserved credit for coming up with the perfect solution and like finding a stop along the way. It didn't make us late or anything. And I had my gloves, and I got a hat as well, I think, or maybe I had a hat from home or something. Mm -hmm. And then it was like the instant we started sound checking and setting up and stuff, I was like, where's the freaking gloves? Like, we just stopped at the Walmart. Like, there's the empty bag. Where are the gloves? And I looked everywhere. I was like, I was going up and down like the gravel parking lot, looking through like every crevice of the car. <laughs> it was the point where like many people were involved in the glove search, like way outside of the band, like the sound <laughs> people, the organizers, so, some random passersby were all looking for these gloves. And I get on the stage and I look at you and I'm like, I am done looking. I, they're, they're lost. Like they're nowhere. And I was just like at that like weird, like you're kind of insane like with rage but you're kind of laughing too and I was just like at this point can somebody just tell me that they threw them in a dumpster because that would make me happier because then I'd know where they are and I'm looking at you wearing a winter hat and I'm like why is your hat so tall and I like patted you on the head and we instantly realized your gloves were on top of your head inside your hat because <laughs> I had put them in the hat so that I could take both in one handy little bundle Yeah. when it was time to go but I had forgotten that little so that's just the beginning of story time because from there, sun is now setting. It's dark. It's only it's getting colder. It's so cold. We're like, how am I going to even play my instrument with this level of cold? And it, also, no one is there. The husband had come and lit the heat lamps 
they were working famously for 16 or 17 minutes and then and then as soon as the next gust of wind came they blew out well hold on though they well yeah oh right right the heat lamps blew out i was yeah. talking about that okay that's coming so the show hasn't even started yet and i'm like all right i'm gonna go to the bathroom before we were supposed to start at like 7 p.m i'm gonna go off to this porta potty that i heard is down the way and you know, pee and then get ready. I go, I go into the porta potty and I'm like bundled up, which is weird to be like bundled up when you're playing music. And I have like too much stuff in my coat pocket and it's dark out now and I can't really see anything in this porta potty. And I am like, I gotta like resituate all this stuff for when I'm like on stage. And I'm like, with my like mittened hands, take my iPhone out of my coat pocket to transfer to my jeans pocket. And when I'm doing that, it slips, and I just hear a kerplunk. Are you peeing at the time? No, I hadn't peed yet. And it you just, waited until after the phone was in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I just froze. I was like, I literally must have froze for like 30 seconds, like in paralysis mode of like, what do I do when I drop Wait, my phone he, in the There is a question body. here. So you did go into pee. Did you pee on your phone? I never peed. Oh, I was like, whatever, I'll hold it. And I was like, I'm I'll not here when I get it home was, tomorrow. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. Well, we were also like, our manager was like, we have to be. We're supposed to be playing now, so I was trying to hurry, and it was too dark to see in there. I we need use... to play to both the people in the audience right now. <laughs> right. The audience was like Amanda's dad and stepmom in their van. It like, was obviously yards poorly away. attended because it was frigid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way too cold and windy. Yeah. So I was like, okay. First of all, I can't see because my flashlight is on my phone, which is in the toilet. <laughs> I'm not reaching in there because I don't know what is in there. And I, this was like a, I had only had this phone for like two months at this point. Yeah, I was and I was really like, new. within like 30 seconds, I just immediately uh, was like, all right, I'm at peace with this. Like, went through the stages of grief in 30 totally. seconds. Totally. I was like, all right, I'm <laughs> moving on. I wasn't even mad. It was just like, this is insane and hilarious. I like left the porta potty without peeing and I saw Matt or somebody crossing paths with me to go to. And I was like, dude, I just dropped my Corey. phone in the toilet. It was, no, it was Matt. Oh. It was me at first. Corey and then I, he's later. the one that went, okay, sorry. We were all like taking time to get ready. And I got to the stage and I think I told Corey and the rest of you guys, I was like, you guys, I know we're supposed to be playing right now, but you'll never believe what just happened. I dropped my phone in the porta potty. And so Poppy's like, why aren't you guys playing yet? And then Corey goes to the bathroom, right? Yes. He well, found out and he's like, I gotta scope this out. And he yeah, you, scurried away. You like came and told me about that. And then I was just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna, like I had to go to the bathroom anyways, I think too. So like I went and I was like, and I was on, when I was on the way, like the wheels in my brain started turning and I was just like, I'm going to call him when I get in there. So I like went into the one porter potty. There was, was two like, porter potties side by side. I'm yeah. detail for later. So I was like taking a leak in the one and I was like, I'm going to call Mike's phone. And I called it and there was like nothing in there. So I like finished up and like go to I'm like well I'll try the other one quick and I go to like go into the other one and like dial Mike's number and like it starts because it was like in the first one I was like it's ringing so it's like his phone is on it's yeah. working so I go into the second porter porta potty and I call it again and then like from beneath like the blue murky depths of the of the porta potty <laughs> I see like this glow like I see it light up 
And then I'm like, there it is. There's his phone, and it still works perfectly. Oh and so God. Corey like comes back to stage. We're like, we're supposed Laughing, to be playing right now. Didn't even pull my pants off. I came scuttling back. <laughs> my, my pants are around my ankles. I'm like, you guys gotta see this. He's all excited. No, Shows us the picture of my glowing phone in the porta potty. But it was clean. It was like blue water because nobody was there, so like nobody'd use the porta potty. And then Corey was just like, dude, like just go reach in there. Like just get a put bag over your hand or something. Bobbing for apples. Come I was buddy. like, I've moved on. I'm Mike fine. Was like, I don't need no. It. And then that's when I I come in and I cue like my husband has dropped his new phone like I just like felt this surge as though as though a mother saw her child pinned under a car this surge of adrenaline I'm gonna correct this situation I'm gonna write this wrong so I went to our car where there was like an old probably the Walmart bag the gloves that I lost and then there was like also another plastic bag that was less like you know how like a, a shopping plastic bag has like a little hole in it usually but there was like a Ziploc bag too so I double bagged and I went with Matt because you were free or something. Like Corey free. was laughing. I love that we're free, even though we're supposed to be playing a show at this time. Like he there's like I got nothing going on tonight. Like, Corey was what busy laughing. Mike was having an uh, existential no. crisis. But for every, just to really like make sure people understand, for every one person that has now gone to the porta potty, the rest of the band is just standing on stage <laughs> waiting, <laughs> just tuning. <laughs> yeah, but no but crowd is there to make the it most awkward. So casual show. Yeah, it doesn't ever. matter. Yeah. So so I go with Matt and. Um, Maybe you pick it up, Matt. So we get to the two porta potties, and there is maybe like an eleven-year-old boy doing the pee dance, like he has to go. And so initially, we're like, "Hold up!" We're like trying to find our friend's phone who dropped it in the porta potty, and you can see he like doesn't. He's never had that thought in his brain. He doesn't know that that could have happened. He doesn't know what a phone is. He's so, so he's like, "I don't." He, he's looking at us very confused. So we're like, "Hold on, we're gonna call and figure it out." So we call. So I call on my phone, and it's Mike's old number. It's like Michael Wadalevich, and I have his new number as Mike. And I never have That's deleted so it. You still, I've, not have I've made the this old mistake one. ten times, and I still am just like, oh, yeah. I gotta remember it's Mike rather than delete the old number. Now we're like plan events that I was invited to and didn't know about because he That's texted the wrong number. One hundred percent true. So I call it, and I'm like, it's definitely not the one on the right because it's not glowing. So then I come out and we tell this 11 year old, he's like, you can go use that one. Please use this one. And then we go into the other one and call <laughs> and it's like, it's still not lighting up. And then I'm like, oh, it's Mike's old number. That's why. And then I realized it wasn't the first one where the 11 year old boy is just <laughs> already on top of. Uh, so we go back into that one. Oh my God. And Amanda. After he finished, after there's fra a fresh layer of urine on yes. top. Yes. He actually. He I like, go in. He ate a bunch of mini corn dogs at this. Oh my god. Explosive diarrhea. And then as I'm peering down in with like Matt shining the flashlight, I'm just like, the song is like playing my head like, this is the moment. <laughs> like it's just really big. And I get my, I situate my bag and I'm just thinking about like all the floaters in there. But as, uh, I, as I look, it's actually pretty, pretty blue. I think that like, it looks like bleach water. It was, there. yeah, it wasn't It looks too like bad. there was only number ones and there was a pretty small <laughs> amount of them and it was into like a straight up vat of bleach that this happened. Yeah, I have to imagine that blue water's killing most yeah. bacteria, right? So so it actually yeah. wasn't that big a deal, but I went in, I grabbed the phone, it was glowing because you were still calling it or something at this moment, or maybe I called it on my phone or whatever. Got it out, immediately like rubbed it on some dry leaves uh, and, well, and then trick. brought it back and presented <laughs> it to Mike and said, gotcha phone. And then we put it like on the floor of the car or something to, to dry out and power it down or something. And 
the really sad part about this story is that unfortunately the phone would not make it. <laughs> Never turned on again. Yeah. I think you like, yeah, didn't you like turn it off and the next day we're like, this is going to be awesome. Mike's phone's going to work perfectly fine. <laughs> I don't know why we thought that. We turned it off. Everything should be fine. It's definitely not yeah. going to get pink eye when he uses this to make a phone call. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. So yeah, my I phone didn't did work. I did do some hand sanitizer stuff back at the hotel. We sanitized. Later. I thought it would yeah. be one of my jokes that night that I was laughing to myself <laughs> and no one else enjoyed as much as I did was like there'd be a bunch of voicemails from someone named Toot Supreme, <laughs> like from dropping it in the there. Sentient like toilet bowl. Yeah. Toot I, Supreme. Another thing though, while we played the set, I mean, it was fine, but it was literally like we were playing to like two cars' headlights. No, but and we couldn't tell that there we were like who knows how many people are there. Wait, but the gust of wind. There was like a bl- it like it started snowing. It was bad. The wind gust blew blew over both the stage lights. lights. The stage lights blew and down. They, and they blew down and so like exposing like one Dodge Windstar <laughs> like just far in the distance and then, and that was, was it. Dad. It yeah. was. It was so cold too. Dad. I felt like I was like I had my hood up. I looked like Kenny from South Park. Like, yeah, it was there was no days. flesh visible. Like my fingertips felt like just stumps on my fretboard. And I, I had found those gloves, but they were not enough. No, they were very brutal. cold. <laughs> so that was the worst show we've ever played. And, so, and then, but we, then like, we have to we have to mention that a, a week or two after that show, we did encounter um, a tenant in our building that had known about the show and was asking how it went down. And it was just Mike and this tenant, and they were talking in the entryway. And I was like two feet away beyond a door in the kitchen, and I could hear every word. And Mike said, yeah, we played the show. It was so crazy. Yada, 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 yada. He lists off all these crappy details. And then he's like, oh, and then I dropped my phone in the toilet. And then, these are the words that came out of my husband's mouth. (laughs) And then, my buddy, Corey, got the phone out by putting a bag over his hand, got the phone out of the porta potty and brought it back to me. Mike is, Mike is pulling on the edge of his collar right now, as he should. And Amanda came out of the door and like screamed at me. She's I like, I'm the one who I stormed out there and he said, excuse me? I think that what's going on here is that it seems much more likely that I would be like a toilet diver. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, the toilet boy! Toilet boy. <laughs> I'm the toilet boy! That, and I feel like, in my mind, if you remember the beginning of the story, I was like, I'm at peace with this. I've moved on already. And you guys are like, nope, we're doing this. It's true. I was on a different Get wavelength than you. Yeah, I was like, I don't need that phone. I'm done. True. Yeah. Uh, special shout out that weekend to our buddy Ryan, who uh, is yeah. an amazing sound Thank engineer, God. sound guy. He came up with us and did sound and yeah. uh, he was such a trooper and made the, the weekend really I was going to say well. like when as soon as this show was over and we were all freezing cold we were like looking at our everybody was wearing a watch a very nice watch and we all looked at our watches and we were like we have to get to the liquor store right now before 10 o'clock <laughs> so we can buy some whiskey and go back to the hotel that we're staying at for free and yes. like get drunk with our friends because we hadn't hung out with anybody yet. yeah and I was so going to say that was one thing that turned out to be really really nice about this show was our buddy Ryan who we had barely seen because we haven't seen anybody because it's pandemic and then Bobby and his partner Meredith Bobby our manager and Meredith who are friends of ours too we all just like hung out in one of our hotel rooms. They sat us up in yeah, really, fun. really nice hotel rooms that had this cool like lodgy feel. And we wore a mask and we had the door wide open. It was frigid in there, so it felt very safe. <laughs> but yeah, we had some drinks after and it was kind of awesome. That was fun. One thing that I failed to mention is we had Lauren and I, who's my fiance, we had just gotten a corgi puppy like oh. four days before that trip. And 
we had a great weekend of just like hanging out and i remember her being like god like she's alone with a puppy just like sleepless is it dog. yeah it's like oh i'll be yeah. home in a couple just of days abandoned but. her <laughs> So that was the so worst show we've ever played. Yeah, uh, currently, you know, who knows? We might top it someday. Let's move on to our next segment, which is deep dive. So today we're gonna do a deep dive into Valens. Yep, Valens was uh, a single we released about a year ago. Big Ripper, and it was one of those special demos where sometimes we kind of rank our demos and like hem and haw over like how would this one work for us from like the kind of skeleton that Matt gives us. And this one was just instantly like clicking for everybody, like oh yeah, that's gonna be our best song ever. Mm -hmm. um, we all loved it. But I wanted to open this conversation up by just asking Matt, why is it named Valens? Go. <laughs> so I've always loved uh like 50s music and uh i've always liked richie valens and buddy holly and as a young child i stumbled upon the story of like the day the music died and the plane crash uh in iowa and just kind of like it was really creeped out by it but also like really like drawn to those musicians um and i feel like 50s themes are something our band has intentionally played with through pretty much all of our records here. Um, so this song is about Richie Valens. Yeah, life. exactly. 100%. Um, there is a line about Richie Valens. But the whole song is not about him. I feel like a lot of, a lot of times I work lyrically in like fragments and bits and pieces. Um, so it's Valens, it's called Valens from the, the line where I reference Richie Valens in his, uh, the day the music died, his uh, tragic death in a plane crash. But uh, the song is, a, is pretty fragmented. It's about many different things. Um, so I would not say that it's about Richie Valens, which like when this came out, like a lot of like press outlets were like, oh, it's a song about Richie Valens just as like an easy write up, which I get. I mean, when it's called Valens, people are like, oh, it's about Richie Valens. Yeah, it exposes the uh, lazy journalist. Yeah, thing. yeah. And not should, not that all are, like, but there are some. Name a song Big Bird. That's me street. And it wasn't like no one reached out to me to like to talk to us about it. So it wasn't like that type of thing. I think people just jumped to assumptions. And there are elements about Richie Valens, but it's like, it's a pretty, like, it's kind of a piece, piece work of a quilt kind of song. Um, and it, it, a lot of it has to do with winter, you know, day, the day the music died was like they crashed into a snowy field and like, I kind of ran with that and it had a lot of winter based imagery in the song as well. Um, but yeah, you definitely inspired it, but it's, it's not about Richie Valens. So then like jumping into vocals, your vocal on this one to my ear and it's sometimes hard to remember like all the processes you go through in the studio but there's that kind of compressed distorted type of sound 
Where's this going? It doesn't make sense. Grinding your teeth down. You dream too tense. Why do you gravitate towards that? Because I think a common sentiment we'll hear from producers or mixers or even fans is like, you have such a pretty voice, it should be louder or it should be more pure. Like, why are you putting those effects on it? I, don't, I feel like that is a part of it is aesthetic choice where I'm like, I just like the way it fits with the music. I think part of it might be psychological where we could get a psychiatrist in here and, and uh, help dissolve the reason why I want to be <laughs> hidden behind layers. Um, but I think it fits. I think I've always liked my vocal to sit more with the band. I, th I think sometimes modern production makes it so glossy where the vocal is crystal clear and like way out in front where it's not even part of the music. It's like a separate entity. And I think that works for, for some styles of music, like pop music. And I think for us, it's never felt right. I've always wanted it to set, like not, not far back where it's covered up by the music, but like into it. So it's part of the experience. And, um, and I've always loved reverb, but I think recently I've discovered just a little bit of, of kind of fuzz or distortion, which mm -hmm. makes it sound kind of like the mic is, is, is more lower quality or like dusty or dirty. And I like that. I think it, it helps fit this vibe of, of more of a, a croonery feel and less like mega hi-fi where you can hear every like right. pop and crack in the voice, which is like, I don't, I don't like that kind of clarity. Yeah. I think that kind of represents a, a thing that happens in our debates about mixing, not our debates, but just kind of the conversations we have where like, I think we're a band that maybe we've talked about this in the podcast. We love a lot of lo-fi projects from other artists. We love a lot of like lo-fi sensibilities. Um, and and like we also contradict that in our writing sometimes because we really swing for the fences with like some pretty anthemic songs and like Matt can really belt it out and he gets into like this Bono territory even sometimes with like his voice whether that's what he's going for or not but like there's that balancing act of like yeah let's like let's get big and powerful and ambitious with the sound but like let's kind of like dirty it up a little bit and make it kind of like give it some grit give it some character that isn't just perfectly pristine all the time. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of this new record we've been working on kind of toes that line of like bigger songs at moments, but like not not crisp. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of dirtied up. It's distorted, um, yeah. but still like anthemic. So I feel like it fits with, with a lot of the other songs on the record. I agree. Amanda, what are you doing in this song? I play the mini log. What is that? It is a synthesizer. So I'm playing the bass part, which goes do 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 do. Why? I think in this record, more than ever, it's like the song has only synth bass or only regular bass guitar where in the past it was a little bit more like peppering in both mm. and um why is that or and or why do you how do you choose like i'm gonna play synth bass here versus i'm gonna play my real bass guitar here i mean i think a 
a little bit of it has just been like availability. Like I got the mini log more recently, so like obviously I didn't play it before then. Um, it's just been more fun to experiment with that since we've had it. Mike has had. I mean, <laughs> I do this an embarrassing <laughs> amount of times. <laughs> Same name. Matt has had a mini log um, probably another two years or so before me, and so. I, I think I actually even played that. There was like a few shows, a small stretch there where we like schlepped it across stage between songs and it was a big mess and I was like, I'll just get my own. Um, but yeah, it's just really fun to play with. It's nice because it's just a characteristic thing. Like some songs require a little more garagey, like live-y sound where the bass and the drums or the bass and the guitar are kind of vibing together and that's when I'll play bass guitar. But if it's... Um, a little more like electronic feel or like has more arpeggiated things in it a bass synth might be nicer because it's um it's all like automated do, 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 do. and you're still right. like triggering it but yeah it's just got that little more precision bit to it i think that's like the backbone of the song along with the drums I was gonna ask Corey, like we've talked about this song already because we tried to deep dive it when that episode all went haywire and never got completed. But mm-hmm. to me, like this is one of my favorite drum songs and it's like very reminiscent of a certain style of drums that are like tom heavy and like active and aggressive and I think like impressive. And what I remember asking you before was like, essentially like, why are you good at drums? Because <laughs> like, I have a question. How dare you? So so hearkening back to the comment about like how you're saying like you're not as nerdy about music as the rest of us. Like we just like obsess and nerd out or whatever. And I can see Matt holding away in his like teenage bedroom and working on like songs. And I can see Amanda like obsessively playing piano and myself with a guitar. I like can't picture you like holding away and just like fixating on that. the drums. I'm not saying like you shouldn't be good. I've like, had I'm, moments of that. I okay. feel like I've had moments of that in my life where I'm like I'm really gonna get into drums or like playing drums but it was like when I wasn't in a band yeah you weren't in a band until you were like in your late 20s I mean, right? Gra- Graveyard Club was kind of like the no, well maybe not the first band I, there was like a band right before that that I like played live in with Amanda um, but I didn't like I wasn't like playing in live bands in high school I mean I was playing in like marching band and concert band and stuff like that but not like rock bands so this is another thing where I mentioned last time. It kind of has a vibe of the National, which is like yeah. probably my favorite drumming of any rock band. And that's actually a band that we probably get compared to the most mm-hmm. that we are not aiming to sound like. Where it's like when people say, like, you guys sound like Depeche Mode or The Cure, it's like, yeah, we get that. Like, that was kind of part of the blueprint a little yeah. bit. The National is one that we all love the National, but we weren't like, let's sound like the National. And I think obviously Matt's lower voice is a part of that. But like the drums in songs like this also yeah. I think are kind of... I like of... their drummer. I do like their drummer. And I think there's there's probably part of me that is inspired by that a little bit. Because I, I like The National. Okay. I've listened to them quite a bit. You know, so I think there's like a an aspect of that that is, you know, inspiring to me when I'm writing stuff. Yeah. It's uh, almost subconscious though. I don't think that it's like we're like seeking that out when we sit down and write. No, mm-hmm. definitely not. I don't know. And I, I think like another like band like if I was like Foles was another band that I listened to like a lot and they've mm-hmm. kind of got some like weird you know like it's intricate like, intricate sort of like drum parts yeah I love that so I feel like when I'm playing drums I'm like trying to find like a, a thing that'll like a groove that'll kind of fit in there 
with like a tom part or something and it's just sort of i don't know on this one it just kind of landed you know it sort of just like made sense Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds super good i think so then the instrument the instrumental layers of the song the thing i was going to point out is there's a lot of individual parts that sound really simple and kind of probably boring in isolation so that siren-y kind of synth sound runs the entire song. I've got like a little verse guitar picking part that sounds super like bubblegum pop almost on its own. I play five chords. Yeah, like the bass arpeggiation is very simple. I think maybe four, just switch up the order. I play four, we could play. Just one. Just one. <laughs> and then when they're compiled together, it's like they're stitched together to make one greater good kind of part. So I think that is a testament to like how we learn to write together and to like serve the song and not be like, yeah. what's the most flashy and like fun guitar part I can play for my interest but like what's the thing that will like complement what this song is supposed to do right now yeah um I was also going to say that I like um I guess like the key that this is in or something like sometimes kind of depends on how Matt starts up the demo we usually tend to stick with the same key regardless because everything else just like feels right from there but this one the people's key the people's key C he made a C with his hand um, is it C? I, feel like I think that is not. referred to as the people's. Like this, this is this not is like C, A-flat, but like, isn't it? I might be. Matt I think you know better. This is a heathen. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's just a really nice key for me to sing in, especially the old chorus. Actually, now that I'm saying this, I kind of don't know how it sounds on the record. I think it's kind of like two layers of me mixed, but how I like to sing it live, because you got to pick one when it's live, is just a belt that wishing and wishing, and it um, sounds really nice. My voice, I'm going to say. It sounds great, yeah. Do you guys feel like, I'm wondering if a fan would be asking something like this, does this song reveal anything about the way the new record is going to sound since this is part of it or is it not fair to judge one snapshot on like the whole record i think it does reveal some of the the ingredients we're working with like some of the like Mm -hmm. color palette i think part of the thing that's been frustrating on our end i don't know if it'll be ever apparent to a fan is like this song we recorded at a our proper studio with our proper engineer and producer and like we did like just like goodnight paradise and this was the point after this song like kind of covid hit hard and we all like from from here on out the rest of the record is mostly entirely us in our homes like right. uh, and it's pieced together well and i think as a listener you might not be able to tell but i think from the band perspective 
it's a lot more magic to be together for this and we were they'll probably notice when they hear our dogs and cats in the background (laughs) every single song but other than that it's really seamless yeah Yeah. other than that i was just going to mention that um, a really popular thing that we did with a lot of fans that kind of speaks to the backhanded compliment we've mentioned in the past is there was an unplugged version we did of Valens with acoustics and like oh, yeah. um, ukuleles and just that. did it in our homes when COVID hit. We did a quarantine version. We've mentioned this this little session in other podcasts. So where is this going? It doesn't make sense. Grinding your teeth down. You dream too tense. If you're gonna go, go all the way. If you're gonna go, go all the way. Session Graveyard Club. The current was it for the current for the current the independent radio station in Minneapolis here. Um, it's funny because we've had a few fans or friends be like, "Dude, I love that unplugged version. It's way better than the original." <laughs> Just like, "Wow, thank you so much. I'm glad you like it." And it's also, like, why don't you like the original one? It's like when you straighten your hair and go to school, and someone's like, "Wow, your hair actually looks really good today," and then you just cry about your wavy <laughs> hair that night. Ugh. Let's move on to our final segment. Questions. All right, I'll be your question host, and we got a couple cues tonight from fans. Once again, if you have a question, uh, you can send it to us via Instagram, via email, graveyardclubband at gmail.com, via Facebook, via LinkedIn, via Twitter, any of those. We're not on LinkedIn. Uh, we're not on LinkedIn, but you could send us a request on MySpace and send us a question. Uh, here is a question from uh, Banksy Dog. Wine or Pepsi? Wine? Wine or Pepsi? <laughs> Wait, didn't we... Yeah, he had the we, review. Or oh, yeah, he had a review from this guy. Yeah. I think, uh, it's always uh, a joke wine. with this guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course. Wine. I, my answer is Shrek. <laughs> wine. Everybody answers wine. Move on. I go. I go a mix between the two. Everybody. Ew. Is my answer that is that? that song that Fiona sings. It's really pretty from so Shrek. It's a nice, just a Wait, well, that's your answer? Song. What do you mean? Wine or Pepsi? My answer is a song that Fiona sings in Shrek. Do you have any questions? What does that mean? Huh? I feel like I'm missing the. I'm, the I... same guy was like Shrek is life or whatever. Oh, oh that was not clear. Oh, yes. yes. When uh, I lived, you had to be following that. along. When I lived in Arizona briefly, there was a. I had a friend from Mexico who they drank something. I think they called it Calimocho, Calimocho, and it was like Coke and wine. Red wine and coke. That's what I was talking about. Oh, you were. Yeah. I was. I had left the room Screech. for a moment. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's very acidic, though. Anyway, next question. All right, we got two more. This one is what. This kind of ties into some of the things we were talking about tonight. What were each of your past bands' projects 
you're most proud of slash embarrassed by. Um, we've all been in, or it's like most of us have been in numerous bands. Uh, before Graveyard Club, Mike and I played in a band called the White Whales. Um, I stand, I think that Yeah, really I was good. proud of it. That was fun. We had some great songs. It was a good time. One time in early Graveyard Club days, I like finally listened to the White Whales. They were like pretty fresh band at that point. I should have probably <laughs> at an earlier point. But I was just like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I like sent Matt a bunch of texts. I think I was hanging out with like some of you, but not Matt. And then I was like, Matt, your lyrics are beautiful. The white whale. It never, really, never, really really, nice. never really took off. And I think, you know, it slowed down when band members were having like babies and getting married and stuff. Yeah. Besides me and Matt, who were still just we had like, a totally, we, just... we had our own baby, but that baby was Greg great. Greg Club. No, those were some nice songs and some good guys. But that um, really, the White Whales were kind of a connector because before Mike moved to town, he was living in Arizona at the time, uh, kind of our, our good buddy that kind of connected us all, his name is Joe. Uh, he was in the White Whales. He played guitar. And he left to join up uh, a new band. And then Mike moved to town and joined the White Whales. And the new band was... Summer Haunts, a band that Corey and I were in. And didn't Jake Swin that asked this question? None other than... That same Joe, Joe, Joey the Kid himself, and Patrick, who we talk about a lot on this podcast, he's a good buddy of ours, and Jake, another great buddy of ours. Yeah. That's kind of the only other band that I've been in. And so I think, like, I've kicked myself in past podcast episodes because I've, like, made jokes about, like, oh, my, my other projects were not good or whatever, and I don't really mean that. And I think these most recent projects, I remember seeing you guys before I knew you in that band and feeling like... Those guys are super talented. Yeah, I felt mm-hmm. the same way. You and were like, all very talented, but the music wasn't good. Well, I think it was. It, was. it just didn't fit together, and I think we've all acknowledged this. Like, it, it just we just didn't have a clear direction. So everybody was coming from their own yeah. point and just like, trying to smash it up together. And, and that's the I think like sometimes it was cool. Usually it wasn't. It was a couple good songs, but yeah, overall it was some not not cohesive. All of our songs were named after cookies. It was yeah. weird. <laughs> And like the the thing about Graveyard Club is not like we're so much better than those bands. I think it's that like we've all been through a bunch of other bands and yeah. sort of arrived at a point in time at the right spot where we could understand our role and know like how to make it all fit right and like share a vision. It's like we've all been songwriters in other bands except for Corey. Corey, sorry to shame you, but where's all your songs? I I'm saving them. They're gonna be really good. They're only yeah. drums. One song is called Snare. One song is called Ride Symbol. Let It Ride by Corey Jacobs. Um, but you know, it's like there's a little bit of <laughs> Corey is grinning like a fool right now. There's a little like bit an of a air ride. <laughs> there's a process of like removing your ego and being like, I don't need to like write the songs, or I don't need to sing on this, or I don't like I can like find my pocket, and that I think has made us a better band. But my worst band was definitely like my high school bands. I think a lot of it is like you don't. It, I'm speaking for myself. You don't know what you're doing. You know? I wasn't. My bands were like ska bands, and then they turned into like progressive that rock. You didn't know what a downstroke was till 2010. <laughs> oh my god, cha, cha, cha. that was an actual thing that people listened to then, though. And like, think of a high schooler now. Like, think of some of your students, Mike, that are five years older. Like, wouldn't you be proud of them for being in a band like? Oh you yeah, totally. In? It's not like I'm not proud of it. It's just more like it didn't age well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's like silly to be embarrassed about like stuff that you did when you were a teenager. Yeah. You know, for, for the sure. most part, it's like you're a kid, you know, and like you're, you're figuring stuff out. So like, 
Yeah. I'm like proud of myself for being creative. It was yeah. like yeah, nobody are never nobody told ever, me to do that. Yeah. Like how many teenagers? Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of teenagers start bands, but I'm proud of you guys for doing that in such a male-dominated industry too. We really, we really, <laughs> we really fought for ourselves. Very unique of you to join a band. <laughs> <laughs> what if we started a indie band with a bunch of other dudes? That's a good idea, actually. Oh my God. You don't Four see a, you don't see men. enough of that anymore. You just yeah, you don't really see that. It's kind of going away. Huh. I, I was in two. <laughs> <laughs> I was in, to think about. I was in two different girl bands uh, prior to this. One I think I'm pretty proud of, Running Riot. I thought they were good. I yeah, you guys, I saw you numerous times. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I wrote the songs. Uh, the other people wrote their parts. Pretty much exactly the same as in GYC, except for Matt writes the songs. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was kind of folksy. I think it's. I think there's still an album on Bandcamp. The harmonies the running were riot. amazing. Yeah, I love singing harmonies, and I love singing with women. No offense, Matt. I also love singing with you. Um, there were but, strings. There was part parts of drum kits, and weird instruments made of license plates. It was kind of nice. Just very folksy. Very of the time too. Part of that Fleet Foxes scene yeah. that Corey disdains so much. Yeah. <laughs> We covered some Fleet Foxes songs that sounded beautiful. But Amanda, and I know you've got another band too, but I know the answer to this, but like, why are you choosing like girl bands? Like, why is it important for you to be like, it has to be all female cast for those if you've listened to this podcast, you know. I know now you're not. You know what grinds my gears. But why was that like, when you you were the front woman of those bands? When Mike introduces me to a new band, and it's a bunch of dudes. I have to tell him gently every time that I still don't have the bandwidth for another band with men in it. <laughs> I might. If I really like it and it really sticks, obviously you can't really avoid it. But Recently, there's a band I got Amanda into that Ugh. she was really liking. And then I, she thought it was a woman. And it's a very tenery male that she was like, are you kidding me? This I is a dude. I thought it was a woman. Who, what band? Fog Lake. I was, Lake. I was so disappointed. They're great. They're really good. He's really good. Anyway, um, and it's just I, it's just a different vibe, you guys. I don't know. I love you, obviously. But isn't it about like for the thinking about the audience of like what you're showing to young women who get to watch you and like feel like there's a that's part a model of it. for that. You've talked to me about yeah, that. Yeah, that's part before. of it. But it's mostly about me <laughs> and how much I <laughs> how much I can relate on every single level to all my bandmates. Um, but it really is different. Like women just have such a different vibe. Like we've gotten into all these conversations with all our friends, and it's just, I don't know. Different dynamic. It's different. And then I was in a different girl band with uh, one of the same members called Judy Gloom, which I'm pretty proud of. I mostly look back on that as like this is the band from when my mom died, and I like had a lot of things that I processed in yeah. the form of songwriting. So I think that's actually a pretty big reason why that one. Um, sort of ended because I just like didn't want to keep playing those songs and going mm-hmm. to that place and stuff yeah um, they're great songs yeah I'm pretty proud of them too that that band had a lot of the same harmony elements from Running Riot but in a more like sort of garagey bandy type of rock and roll right. kind of way rather than the folksy thing um, and I still feel like I'm gonna do something like that again someday but you know there's a limited amount of bandwidth Right. As we keep saying. For sure. Most of the bands we've just mentioned are like not searchable. I feel like there's not a lot of online presence for these things because they were like yeah. kind of borderline hobby kind of projects. I don't actually think I ever put the songs out for Judy Gloom. I could do that. You should. They're good. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. I really thought they were great. 
Questions? All right, so Are this we is on questions. We're in questions. This questions. is questions. Oh, um, this is gonna be <laughs> our final. Is this is gonna be our final question, and it's kind of it could be a stumper. So we'll see. This is from MLH Gregory, uh, and his question is: Describe each of your bandmates in one word, and also oh. what new instrument would you like to learn, and why? What you can't do two. All right. So he's got a we'll double do question. We'll just go so fast. The, the one word thing. One word. Describe each of the bandmates in one word. Yeah. We have to, every single one of us have to do it, or can we just yeah. like, no, like, we what, do, do we find our own word, or someone else tell you the hat, word? Hat, t-shirt, uh, boy, hat. boy, <laughs> boy, boy, girl, boy. Um, <clears throat> I don't. Cutie patootie, Rudy Scooty, easy. Rudy Scooty. I think we should just describe ourselves with our enneagram type. Nine. Ooh. I don't remember. I don't remember mine either. Eight. Here we go. Amanda's the organizer and like adult. I'm pushing up my nerd glasses right now. Corey and Matt are the jokesters, but they trade off at different ways and times. Corey's like doofy jokester. Matt's like unexpected jokester. And Matt's more of like the dreamer, nostalgic boy. Yeah. And I don't know what I am. Matt, I call him old rose tints. <laughs> what was that second word? Tints. Tints. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Old rose tints at it again. Just staring at an empty field, waiting Corey, for the I crops him, to grow. Corey, I call them old no notes. <laughs> That's true. Just the beats. Uh, Mike and I have a thousand nicknames for each other, so we can't do that. I feel like Mike is sort of like the band dad. I'd say oh. he's very. I would call him old. Drive us home from the show. Yeah, but he's like good man. There's times where I'm like, I don't know how to handle this, and Mike knows. Yeah. I feel like he's good at like communicating and good at organizing things. That, I think Amanda yeah. and I go into professional mode yeah. first. Like, all right, we got to organize this thing or respond to this thing. But I don't but think that's because you guys... We all take our turns, kind of, but I yeah. think we're particularly like, suited for that or something. We're probably just the most high-strung that are like, <laughs> get to it first. Like, if we weren't here, you guys would do it fine, too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like all of us no, are funny. Wouldn't. I've like yeah, had so many laughs. Like some of the laughs we've yeah. had, just the four yeah, of us, for sure. I chuckle about to this day. Yeah. I same. I can't sleep. I'm just chuckling so hard. <laughs> Chuckle bear. Thinking about all of our adventures. That was great. My instrument is. I'm just gonna say generally stringed instruments that are not fretted, because I tried a violin once and it was so tricky. But I, I think I I probably could have put in more time, but. I want to, if, it, if the answer is that I can magically inject the skill into my brain, <laughs> that's not the way I prefer it. Yeah, I would play drums. Like, I can kind of fake no. my way through drums. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my drums. <clears throat> They're in my house. I touch them every day. Ooh, he goes out and touches each one. <laughs> I don't play them. Work. I just caress them. Doink, doink. I love playing drums. I can pass You're as like, good. if I could play one beat for like 30 seconds, you'd be like, oh, that guy's a drummer. But if I had to play more than one style of beat for more than 30 seconds, you'd be like, oh, absolutely not a drum. <laughs> Matt, you can kind of drum too, right? I can, You're but not, I'd say... We're kind of similar, I think. Yeah. I feel like it's very therapeutic for me to yeah. hit the drums. It's something it feels like good. physical and cathartic about yeah. it. I'm not. I think I'm definitely the worst drummer. I can only do the one beat. Do, cha, do, do, cha. You know it. Yeah, that's a good one. We will rock you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, instrument, what would you play if you could play another instrument? I've often thought about 
picking up a guitar, no. maybe learning that. <laughs> I honestly would love let's to trade. Let's for the next album. Let's trade jobs. That's a great idea. That's never gone wrong this for anybody. Album is going to be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would kind of love to learn how to just like make beats, like hip hop beats. That's something I've thought about doing. Dude, you could easily do it. Oh, technology. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of an analog I daddy. <laughs> I can show you some saw, stuff. like saw, hand saws. I can show you the buttons. Foot saws, different types of saws. Only saw, table saw, chop saw. A good foot saw. I love the sound uh, of a foot saw. What about you, Maddie? Um, that's a good question. I haven't thought much about it, but one instrument I've always enjoyed the sound of is uh, a lap steel. Oh yeah. Which is like I played the guitar. In in fact, I would consider myself more of a guitar player than. A, a keyboardist ever uh so i feel like i have a starting basis but there's no frets you're gliding you're sliding gliding and sliding the whole Again, way. fretless it's yeah. a big old thing yeah i have occasionally dabbled in slide guitar which is just a regular guitar but you put like a glass like thing around your finger basically and i remember in our first full-length album nightingale for the song easy killer oh yeah i did a little slide solo and I think it sounds pretty good. That is a cool part. But do you remember yes. this, Corey? <gasps> it sounded like... At one point, Corey was like, I was at the mall or something oh. like that today. And I heard <laughs> Natalie and Bruglia's... What's her hit song? Torn. Torn. And he's like, the solo in that is yeah. just like easy killer. And I'm like, yeah. I will say, I hear what you mean. And also, <laughs> no, it's not. It, it kind of there's, there's something there, though, right? There's something I didn't do that on purpose. Okay, I was going to say, this isn't like individual stuff, but like I really, really, really want to be in a country band at some point. Yeah. So I think that like when we get sick of Graveyard Club, we should start a country band. Yeah. I was actually Can thinking about this. Can it be my girl band and you play the drums for it? I'd be happy to do that. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty long. Love yeah. that your preface was when we all get sick of Graveyard Club, we all start a new band together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time for not new people, just new yeah. music. Yeah. I like right. I like country. That are post punk. I'm all about like country music, post punk, and hip hop. That's what like I was gonna say. Three. Yeah. We were like talking you're, about you're simple man of simple pleasures. Yeah. Like we have like those are your genres that I like hip hop too. And I like post-punk. Country, I don't do as much. Mm-mm. Man, I really likes classical. I like regular punk, like old punk. Yeah. Nobody else likes that. Me and Matt grew up on shitty pop punk and emo. I like classical and like not 50s, but 40s. God damn it, so close. <laughs> yeah. I do like 50s as well, but like my old, my thing is a little earlier. I like like the Clash kind of yeah. early punk vibes. Yeah, I don't dislike pop that. Pop quiz. I fought the law and which one won? Uh, I won. The law won. Oh, the law. <laughs> Damn it. I am the one who won. Yeah. All right. Well, good talk, guys. Yeah. I think this kind of wraps it up. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you want, you could just uh, pop on over to our merch store. It's at graveyardclub.bandcamp.com. Yeah, let's move some tees, huh? We yeah, got a lot of um, headstones. <laughs> Those are good shirts. Those if my alarm went off, good they are up. Um, you can also leave us a review for Corey's Corner and just, you know, tell your friends about the pod. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.